On February 19th, on the anniversary of the start of the war and invasion in Ukraine, anti-war activists gathered at the Lincoln Memorial in D.C. to rage against the war machine. Key demands of the event were not one more penny for war in Ukraine, negotiate peace, stop the war inflation, and disband NATO. While the event was an effort to pull together both left and right-wing groups who oppose war, the politics and policies of some of the key sponsors were quite controversial, leading to a relatively small turnout of, at best, a few thousand. Still, it was the largest anti-war protest in the United States in recent years. Recent peace demonstrations in Europe calling for a ceasefire while also calling to halt the sending of more weapons into the war to kill more people have been far larger. American peace groups are planning a larger DC rally on March 18th. For our peace bucket, we hear from two speakers from the February 19th event, uh, David Swanson of World Without War and Roger Waters, uh, best known as the founder of the progressive rock band, Pink Floyd. It is always nice to have new people oppose a new war, but sad to see people who opposed a past war support a new one. Because if we ever, ever want to mobilize the activism required to defund the most expensive and destructive institution ever created, the US military, we will have to come to an understanding that the problem is not any particular war. The problem is not any side of any particular war. The problem, the only thing we should be calling an enemy is the very idea that there can be a right side in the toxic tango of organized mass murder that is every war. I'm not here to demand that the US stop arming Ukraine in order to aid me or those near me. The money buying the weapons to ship to Ukraine and to prepare for yet more wars is making Ukraine worse off, not better, while risking nuclear apocalypse for us all and could instead, if spent wisely, be a major benefit not just to this country but to the world. The U.S. government is blocking peace in Ukraine and telling you that it is only Ukraine demanding that the war go on, but you're not falling for that, are you? The massive rallies of 40 years ago against nuclear weapons disappeared, along with most of the weapons, but enough weapons remained to end life on Earth, and the risk of that is rising. And the only way out of it, the only way out of it, is the abolition of war and of nuclear weapons. I know, I know that supporters of war believe against all evidence, but in line with everything this culture tells them, that war is a wise tool for defense, a belief on which limits are not easily imposed. Everyone is supposed to be welcome to believe whatever they want, but just as with climate denial, denial of the superior power of nonviolence is a belief that will end all other beliefs by ending all life. Our luck cannot hold out 
if the nuclear weapons do not get us, the environmental destruction exacerbated by war and the lack of global cooperation impeded by war will. Meanwhile, war fuels bigotry, justifies secrecy, proliferates violence and weaponry and corrodes our culture, conflating disagreement with murderous enmity. War thinking makes even looking at the facts of nonviolent activism seem like some sort of shameful betrayal. But our choice remains, as when Dr. King said it, between nonviolence and non-existence. Any world we can hope for, for our children and grandchildren, is a world beyond war. A world perfectly possible if we choose it, in which governments behave with the minimal decency we expect of preschoolers. A world in which we don't litter this new Roman forum with marble celebrations and phallic eyesores glorifying the greatest orgies of mass murder but in which we model and praise generosity, humility, understanding, and self-sacrifice without violence. A world we will only get if we place ourselves in the way of business as usual in this town. I leave you with these goals. Russia, out of Ukraine. NATO, out of existence. The war machine abolished peace on our planet. With many difficult questions. Next we hear from Roger Waters. The invasion of Ukraine by the Russian Federation was illegal. I condemn it in the strongest possible terms. Also, the Russian invasion of Ukraine was not unprovoked. So I also condemn the provocateurs in the strongest possible terms. So, on behalf of the silent majority, I now address President Biden. Let us be very clear, Mr. President. I speak for the voiceless majority. You and Anthony Blinken and Victoria Newland and Jake Sullivan and the rest of the warmongering neocons at the heart of government here in Washington, along with the vassal states in NATO, are the principal provocateurs that I mentioned. I am not apologizing for Mr. Putin, you understand, but just a glance fleetingly back at the history of the last 30 years or so, you could have done better. You could have followed President Gorbachev's lead in 1989. You could have kept Secretary of State Baker's promise not to advance NATO one yard closer to the Russian border than the eastern extremities of a reunited Germany. You could have responded to President Putin's overtures in his famous 10th of February 2007 speech at the security conference in Munich and shepherded us all towards a much, much safer Europe. Or 
In 2008, you could have chosen not to expand NATO eastwards. Or, in 2014, you could have refrained from engineering the illegal maiden coup d'etat in Ukraine. Or, in 2019, you could have supported the Minsk Accords. Now, we're told by Angela Merkel, they were just a ruse to buy time to arm Ukraine for the war that you were engineering. But they were also, the Minsk Accords that is, the platform that President Zelensky ran on during his presidential campaign. Well, you fooled me, President Zelensky. I thought you meant all that stuff about ending the civil war in the Donbass and giving Russia, your neighbor, some security assurances. I thought you were coming to your senses. Together, we the people can persuade the powers that be to drop the model of perpetual war as their accepted modus operandum. With the power of love, we will stop them from squandering our precious resources on their wars. We will be able to feed our children and keep them sheltered from the storm. We may even learn. And this has been Mark Dunley with another Peace Bucket for the Hudson Mohawk Magazine.